Jesus came saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, within reach. And we immediately hear the word repent. And we think he's talking about sin. Nowhere in the text does he say repent of sin. Nowhere. Now, am I saying that God doesn't want us to repent of sin? Of course not. But Jesus was bringing something so new, so awesome. The word repent simply means change your mind. I even heard a preacher once say, repent means to change your mind. And I thought, yeah, that's right. He's got it. And then he said, but it can't just mean that. And I'm going, oh, here we go. And then he went to this dictionary and looked up the word repent in some Baker dictionary I've never heard of, Baker dictionary. And the, and the dictionary said that repent means to change your entire personality. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> So basically, the, mes the message basically he was preaching is change your entire personality and then maybe you'll be able to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus did not say change your entire personality because the kingdom of heaven has come. That is not the gospel. The gospel is change your mind about what? The next thing he said was the kingdom of heaven is coming. It's here. They, in their mind, the Jews thought the kingdom was far away in the future. They thought it was out of reach in heaven. They were sinful men. They were prostitutes. And who, who am I to think I can be in heaven? Jesus was saying, change your mind. Heaven is coming to you. And it's here now. That's why it was the glad news of the kingdom of God. Where do you see Jesus walking around, walking around telling people to stop sinning so they can receive the kingdom? Not once. In fact, that's what the Pharisees got so upset about. He was out forgiving sins and healing the sick. Even John, who did use the word repentance in reference to sin, John, for the law was until John, but now the kingdom of heaven is proclaimed through Christ. John did use repentance in reference to sin. That's all he knew. Turn from sin. Messiah is coming. Turn from your sin. If you have one cloak, give one to another. You Pharisees, you white water sepulchers. John was mean. He was tough. He was not mean, but he was, he was tough. And when, he said, when John said repent, he meant repent from sin. No doubt about it. Sin. But when Jesus came and said repent or change your mind, he wasn't talking about sin. He was going to take care of sin in a way men never dreamed it could happen. For through the law is the knowledge of sin and the law is the strength of sin, the scripture says. So if we think by just identifying sin, we're somehow going to be Christ-like by identifying sin, you are living under the law. Jesus came with a whole new message. Change your mind. Heaven is coming to you and it is within your reach. To all of you is what he was saying. Saints, have you ever wondered why 
Luann and I were talking about this the other day, how we have all this knowledge sometimes as believers. We have this revelation of, you know, we're dead to the law. We're new creations. We're, you know, God loves us. We have all this. And sometimes we go through little troubles in our life and we forget it all and we can't seem to remember it. And we, we wonder like, why am I still worrying about whether God loves me? My goodness, you know? But saints, I really do believe, I really do believe. I think I understand why we have, we're disjointed in our, our revelation of Jesus sometimes. And, and, and sometimes we, we struggle with keeping it all together in our minds, you know, to, to, uh, so we can walk this out. I think it's saints is because we have, we've missed a key that wraps it all together. It's what Jesus said in the very beginning. The kingdom of heaven is here. You see, when Jesus first started preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he wasn't talking about his death, burial, resurrection. That had not happened yet, and they certainly weren't expecting it. In fact, they were surprised to even hear him talk about him dying. Remember that? So his, the gospel of the kingdom was not a message of his death, burial, and resurrection yet. That was a secret hidden in God, not revealed to the sons of men because Satan had not, he had no knowledge of this. He had to keep it secret for the, if the ruler of this world had known the hidden mystery, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He kept his secrets. He spoke in parables and hid the great mystery of his own death and resurrection and what that would do. But the good news he came to proclaim is what his death would accomplish. In other words, in other words, he announced this, this, this heavenly country was coming to earth. It's a country. It's a realm. It was in him. It would be in them if they believed by the spirit. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven does not come like men think. It does not come like men think. They will not say here, there, lo, there, this is the kingdom. For it shall be within you. Saints, we should be shouting every morning when we see what Jesus has done. Heaven is in you. And you are in heaven. We read these words of Paul. We are now seated with him in heavenly places. <laughs> what about that? Saints, this is awesome. What God did. We could not go to heaven. Heaven came to us. This is amazing. That's why it's the glad news of the kingdom of God. Heaven had invaded those cities. They understood this in the first century that God had come within them. And where God was, his kingdom was. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. That is not talking about mansions after 2,000 years. We sing about that. We teach about that. And it is wrong. That is not what Jesus said. When he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He said very clearly after a little while, just a little while, you're not going to see me after a little while and you're going to be sad and the world's going to rejoice. He's talking to his disciples and he said, after a little while, you're not going to see me and you're going to be very sad and the world's going to rejoice. But after a little while, you're going to see me again. And in that day on the resurrection, 
No man takes this joy from you when you see me again. And in that day you will know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and you are in me and I am in you. He did it. He did it. By God, he did it. Jesus said, when I return to earth, will I find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man returns, will he find someone who believes that he did it? The kingdom of God is within you now. Paul said the kingdom of heaven is within you by the Holy Spirit. Righteousness and peace and joy. The righteousness of God himself is a gift. And the peace and joy of Jesus himself as a gift. Jesus said, Jesus said, I leave my peace with you. Not as this world gives. You're in a different world, saints. I leave my joy with you. Not as this world gives. You're in a different world, saints. He is the door. He is the door. He is the door. And the door is open. He has done it. Jesus said, I am the door. He who comes to me through me shall be saved. We hear that a lot. But you don't hear the next passage. Part of that sentence preached much. The next part of that sentence says, and, and they shall go in and out and find pasture. We think he's a door just when we die. That he's just a door when, I, when we die so we can go to heaven. The word saved there means delivered, rescued. We have been delivered and rescued from this evil world. To do what? To go where? To be translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. It's done. It's, it's a reality. Saints, saints, saints. The kingdom of heaven is a parallel reality. You stepped over into it when you believed on Jesus. The moment the Holy Spirit touched your spirit, you passed through this great mystery of the, of the Christ's own death, burial, and resurrection. You were joined to the risen Christ, and you passed over. That's what we're going to celebrate tonight. The true meaning of Passover is to remember that he judges us no more, that judgment has passed us over in Christ, and we too have passed over from Egypt to a land filled with milk and honey. You see what I'm saying, saints? If we got the mindset of God, if we could hear that he brought us to a different country, a different realm, now, yes, the kingdom is going to be manifested for those who are nervous. The kingdom will be manifested visibly. Yes. The kingdom will be manifested at his second return. Yes. I believe all that, of course. We'll see him face to face. Yes, he's coming back in person. Yes. But I'm telling you, the good news is that the kingdom is here now. Within you, Jesus told the disciples, you go out. I'm going to give you delegated authority to go out and cast out devils and heal the sick. And if they reject you, you tell them that the kingdom of God came close to you today. Do you really believe Jesus is going to come to earth in three and a half years, manifest the great glorious kingdom of heaven, and then go back to heaven and say, well, when you, 2,000 years, you know, when you guys die, you're going to get to see this again. Think about that. Do we really believe he came and gave us incredible hope, this kingdom of heaven, this glorious reality for just us, for just, for us to just have a hope when we die? 
He didn't. We were slow of heart. We were dull of hearing. I tell you what, the mystical, the mystical, the spiritual, we're missing. We're missing it. Much of the church teaching you here these days is, you know, hold on to God. God's going to be with you. He'll answer your prayers. He'll get you through the hard times. And then one day you're going to see heaven. And that's true, but... And then you have a, a certain sect that came out of that simple, I, I call that kind of the mainline denomination, you know, whatever, that, you know, just work hard, believe in God, you know, it's like he's going to take care of you, you know, but, but just wait, heaven's coming, heaven's coming. Then you have a sect that came out of that, a group that came out and said, no, it's got to be more than that. We're going to create our own heaven on earth by faith. That's it. That's the key. By word of faith, we'll create our own heaven around us. So we won't have any troubles. We'll be prosperous and we won't have, we'll have perfect health. That's not it either. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I'm going to take you out of the world in the sense that I'm going to translate you into my world. We're still in the world, but not of it, Jesus said. But his life now is in us and our, his realm is now in us. He has literally moved us out of this realm. This is so important. Jesus even said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first this other reality, this other realm. But you know, saints, that verse, seek first, is not for the believer. It's for the unbeliever. Why do you seek for that which you already have? Unless you don't know you have it. Jesus was speaking to the crowds who were not believers. And he said, seek first this other reality I'm bringing to earth. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And all these things that you want and need in this earth shall be added to you. Because there's a blessing on the one who lives in God. In this other realm, there's favor, there's blessing, there's answers to prayer. It's not a perfect life. It's not like you're going to live this perfect life on earth. In this world, we shall have trouble. But God is in us to manifest his glory in every situation. When they, when they had, found the man that was, was, blind, was blind or lame, I forget which one. And they said, is he lame because of his sin or his parents' sin? Because that's how the Jews thought. Is he lame because of his sin or his parents' sin? Jesus said, neither. But this is just an opportunity to manifest the glory of God. You live in heaven. You and I are in him and he is in us. And every opportunity, every struggle, every challenge on this earth is just an opportunity to manifest his glory, his glory in us that he gave in us. The kingdom of heaven is a parallel reality. Jesus said, when you get this, this is part of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. When you and I start really pondering this reality, it will multiply in you like leaven. The man plants the seed 
and it comes forth and bears fruit and the man knows not how it comes forth for the earth brings forth fruit of herself. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Saints, when we take in this incredible truth that he has brought us to where he is, that we are joined to him and he to us, that as he is, so am I now in this world. As righteous as God is, I am righteous because he gave me his righteousness. What is heaven? I like that scene in Field of Dreams where he goes, you know, he goes, the pitcher comes back from, from the dead. And he goes, is this heaven? Kevin Costner's character goes, no, it's Iowa. I love that scene. No, it's Iowa. And he goes, I really thought this was heaven. You know, heaven's a place where dreams come true. And then Kevin Costner looks around and goes, maybe this is heaven. God speaks through the movies. They're parables. The movies are parables. God speaks through the movies. Man's yearning for this truth. Okay, what's, what's, why, why are we missing this, I think? I believe the key, saints, is that we are not asking God to show us the unseen. The unseen. The invisible is so key. Paul says, look not upon that which is seen, but that which is unseen. You see those two views we talked about that you have the church that just says, you know, hang in there, God's going to be with you, and then after you die, heaven. That's because they'll see it with their eyes. When they die, they finally see it with their eyes. Or the other view that says, oh no, by, by faith we can just believe and create a world around us where there's no trouble and we're prosperous and stuff. You know, we just believe for all these things so that we'll, we'll create heaven on earth so they can see it with their eyes. They can see it with their eyes. They can see their prosperity or the health or whatever it is. It's the unseen reality that God wants to show us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When I'm in court as an attorney, if I, when I present evidence, it's evidence. It's not some hope. It's real facts. It's evidence. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, of things unseen, of the invisible. In other words, the reality can be experienced and manifested now through us. You see? It's awesome. A parallel reality. Because saints, once that really begins to, our minds are renewed to this reality that we live in a different country now. We live in a heavenly country now. Our citizenship is from above. Our mother is New Jerusalem above. You are no longer from below, from the Adamic race, the fallen Adamic race, but from above, from the last Adam, the, the Adam that came from heaven, the last Adam, the Lord himself, a new race. See, it all comes together. But when we allow the Spirit to show us that we're actually living in a different realm in him, 
it becomes very easy to remember that I died. And I live every day as one who has been raised from the dead. Romans 6. Consider yourself as having already died. And now live every day on earth as one who has been raised from the dead. What, what is heaven? What is heaven? Heaven is where resurrected people go. That's you. Heaven is where people are righteous with no sin. That's you. Heaven is where you are, you're, you're in union with God himself. That's you. Heaven is where you're called a son or daughter of God. That's you. Heaven is where you have the joy of God in you and the peace of God. That's you. Heaven is where your sin is not being counted against you because you have no sin in God's eyes. That's you. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Awaken, oh, Jerusalem. You are the population of the new Jerusalem. You live there. You abide there and you shine forth on this earth as a witness to the kingdom. For this message of the kingdom of this other reality shall go into all the world as a witness and then shall the end come. He began with the message of the kingdom and he ends with the message of the kingdom. But how do, you, how do we get in this kingdom? This is, this is a mystery that was hidden that he did not reveal to the very end because it had to be hidden until it was accomplished. What Jesus did and what we're honoring and remembering today on Good Friday is that Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world. He took upon us, upon himself, all our sins. Past, present, future, future generations yet to be born, you and I. He took it all. When Jesus went to the cross, Jesus said, this is the judgment of the world. Now is the judgment of the world. What? We should put it in our calendars that Good Friday is the judgment of the world. Because that's how the Father sees it. He took everything in and destroyed it. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And on the third day when he was raised from the dead, he opened the door to the heavens for all who would believe. And by simple faith in him, simple faith. You know, there's a verse in Acts where they were, Peter was, was sent by the angels to go to Cornelius' house. And Peter was talking about who Jesus was and what he, what he did. But it, the scripture says when he said these words, these words, whosoever believes on him shall receive the forgiveness of all their sins. Scripture says when he said those words, the Holy Spirit fell. Boom. Because those are the words, those are the words that brings reconciliation to man. Those are the words that brings a man or, bring, or makes a man clean and righteous and holy by simply believing on Jesus. Simply believing on Jesus. That's why the Spirit fell, because he saw their hearts. We see later in Acts 15, Peter says, God who saw the hearts, who sees the heart, gave them the Spirit like he gave us, because he saw in their heart that they believed, because in the beginning they said, Peter, God has said we're supposed to hear what you say, so tell us, whatever you say, we're going to receive it. So when he said that, God 
whoever believes on Jesus shall receive the forgiveness of sins. The Spirit immediately filled him with the Spirit because they, the Father saw faith in their heart and it was done. It was a shocker. But that's, that's how we are translated into this kingdom. By simple faith in what Jesus did. Uh, you see it in Abraham's life, foreshadowed in the scripture where God says, Abraham, I'm, I'm bringing you to a new country. You see it in Jacob's life when Jacob had a dream and he saw an open heaven, a ladder set up on earth, which is Christ, who reached up to the heavens and angels were ascending and descending on this ladder. And Jacob says, oh my God, I, God is in this place and I knew it not. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You see it foreshadowed in Moses when he said, put the blood on the doorpost. Doors, 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 gates, doors, gates. Put the blood on the doorpost because through that door of blood, you will leave this world of Egypt to another world filled with milk and honey. We see it in Noah's ark. There was one door. God says, make one door on the ark and go through the door. You can go through that door and leave this world of violence and go through judgment, which is a picture of the Christ, the cross, the ark went through judgment. And that same door come out on the other side of, a, of judgment into a different world with no evil. What is, what is the great master artist painting for us? Now they have gone through the same door and they're in a different realm, but it's the same earth. That is a picture of a parallel reality. You go through the door of the ark, you go through judgment, which is Christ himself, the ark, going through judgment for us. That same door opens up into another reality. But it's the same earth. He painted this for us in the ark, in Moses, in Jacob. One of the greatest pictures of this, we don't have time to read the whole thing, but if you get a chance, read 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7, just one chapter. One of the greatest stories of this awesome truth. 2 Kings chapter 7. The story is about Israel. They're being surrounded by their enemies. They're dying. They're running out of food. They're all going to starve to death. But the prophet stands up in the middle of this catastrophe and says, by this time tomorrow, bread's going to be everywhere. Pretty much said that. <laughs> by this time tomorrow, everybody's going to have food to eat. And the unbelieving officer said, what? If God were to open up the windows of heaven, that's not going to happen. The prophet turned to him and said, because you did not believe, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not partake of it. Then what happened was four lepers said, look, we're going to die in here anyway. Let's sneak out of the city, go to our enemy. Maybe they'll make us slaves or you know, give us something to eat. At least we're going to die here anyway. So these four lepers sneak out and they're walking to the camp of the enemy nervous. They get to the, the camp of the enemy outside the gate, outside the walls, and the enemy is gone. They're gone. 
And guess what? They left everything behind. Their tents, their riches, their cattle, they left in such a hurry. They left everything behind. And these four lepers are going, oh my God. Bread, food, all this stuff. The scripture says what happened was God caused the enemy to hear this rumbling sound in the heavens and they thought the Israelis have, have formed a treaty with Egypt and they're coming to destroy us. And God scared them out of their wits because of this rumbling and the, they thought it was the rumbling of chariots. And they said, we must leave now. And they left. They just took off and left everything. Now the four lepers are like hoarding the bread, they're hiding it in tents, and one of them goes, wait a minute, this is not right. You know what he said? I mean, this is so obvious. God has got really obvious in this chapter. <laughs> the the, lep, the uh, leper said, this is a day of good news. We need to tell somebody about this. Ah! <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? That's right there in 2 Kings chapter 7. So the lepers run back to the gate. A gate. And he yells to the gatekeepers. The theologians. Who say the kingdom is not now. You radical. They went back to the gatekeepers and they said, There's food out here. It's plentiful. There's really, it's, it's here. Gatekeepers goes back to the king. King, we got four lepers out here saying there's food out there. There's like all this stuff that they, the enemy's gone. The king goes, I know what happened. Brilliant men. I know what happened. They're tricking us. They're tricking us. They pulled away behind the sand dune. And as soon as we go out there, they're going to slaughter us. I'm not going out there. The king says, no, it's a trick. It's a trick. And one of his officers says, but, but king, we're dying here. Can't you at least send a few men out there to check it out? And so they used a few of the horses that were still alive. They went out and checked it out. Soldiers came back and said, oh, king, oh, man, it's there. It's there. My God, oh, king, this is it. This is real. There's food. There's clothing. There's riches. There's, I, I can't believe it, but it's there, king. And they threw open the gate. And the whole population ran out. And the one who didn't believe got trampled underfoot by the crowds. He died at the gate because he didn't believe. And the people ran over him to get the food. Saints, you see that? There's a parallel reality. They were inside their city dying and there was a parallel reality right outside the city. And all they had to do was go through a gate to get to it. You see what God is painting? It's not just when you die. Heaven is in you now. they turn the cities upside down. What would turn a city upside down? Tell them heaven's here. Dude, heaven's here. 
Dude, you can, you can pass through death and, and, and be made as righteous as God himself. You can, you can live as a resurrected person now. You can be joined to God now. God can be inside of you. You can be inside of God. You can be full of his joy and his peace no matter what tribulation this world gives you. you turn the world upside down. And when the church met, they encouraged each other. They spoke the truth, the reality. The word truth means reality. When Pilate asked Jesus on the day he was crucified, what is truth? Jesus said, for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. In the Greek, it means reality, to the reality. That which is unseen is eternal. That which is seen is temporary. Who you are and where you are is eternal. That reality will so grow in us that we will walk with him in ways we never dreamed possible. Maybe even the shadow of your body might heal the sick. Why did that happen? Because there was a realm inside of Peter. This is not theology. This is not doctrine. This is not religion. He has brought us to where he is. Where is the place he prepared that we might be where he is? Remember he said they were boasting about the temple that day and saying, look how beautiful the temple is, Lord. And he said, not one stone shall be left upon another. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise up a new temple. Scripture says he spoke of his body, but they didn't understand it. What is the place he prepared that we can be where he is? In my father's house are many dwelling places. The Greek there is dwelling places, not mansions. That Greek word is translated dwelling places throughout the entire New Testament. That's the only place it's translated mansions because back in King James's day, they tried to make the peasants feel better about their life. And they told them one day you'll have a mansion, keep working. That's true. They changed the scripture and used the word mansion so the poor would keep working for the rich. And say, one day you'll get your mansion. It's not what the scripture says. It says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. In other words, he made a place for us in himself. You have become the living stones of a temple raised in three days. You are the habitation of God now by the work of Christ. You are in him and he is in you. That's why you are where he is because he's in heaven. You are truly seated with him in heavenly places. And you know what else? He's where you are now on earth because he's in you. You're in him, which means you're in heaven. And he's in you, which means he's on earth with you. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his voice. He now manifests his realm, his life, his love on this earth in darkness. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. The kingdom lives mightily in you now because of him. 
We go in and out and find pasture. He is the door. Even as the angels ascended and descended on Jacob's ladder, so do the sons and daughters of God go in and out and find nutrition and life from him. Even as the angels remained angels, though they ascended and descended from heaven to earth, so do the sons and daughters of God remain the sons and daughters of God as they go in and out himself the door. This is awesome. No wonder Peter could say to the one who was begging for money, no wonder Peter, Peter could say, I don't have silver and gold. But he said, look at me. Something in the eyes. Something in the eyes from within. He said, look at me. And the beggar looked at Peter. Something imparted from those eyes because of who Peter was in Christ. And he said, such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, not such as uh, I'm going to get one day when I die, such as I have, I give you. Rise up. Walk in Jesus' name. And he walked. kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. It's not just theology or doctrine. It is power. It's the power of God in us to bring peace out of turmoil. It is the power of God in us to bring comfort when we're troubled or in trouble. God spoke clearly to me that there were people here tonight that were either in trouble or very troubled. And I know you've heard from him already. He wants to comfort you. He wants to comfort me. No matter what you're going through, no matter what we're going through, we see with new eyes. The old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory, and grace. Peter, I mean, Paul even said it. He said, why, why, why do you talk about touch not, taste not, all these rules as if you are still living in this world? See that? The apostle's mindset was clear. Why are you living with rules, touch not, taste not, as if you're still living in this world? Know you not that you died and that you were raised and that you were translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son? Know you not that you sit with him in heavenly places? Oh God, open the eyes of their understanding that they may know the hope of your calling and the great glory of your riches, the riches of your glory, the inheritance you left them in the saints. An exceeding power that is toward us who believe according to his work when he raised him from the dead. That is not talking about when you die. He's talking about now. He wants us to see it now. Am I yelling too much? No. <laughs> uh, I'll wrap it up here. Oh, gosh.
Jesus talked to Paul on the road to Damascus and he said, Paul, I'm sending you forth to open the eyes of the blind. You see, it's not about doing, it's about seeing something. It's about seeing what he's already done. It's not about doing, it's about seeing. Do you know Jesus said that whether, you, whether your sin remains or not remains depends on whether you see or not see? Not what you do. If you say you are blind, then you shall have no sin because that means you'll, I'll be able to teach you and explain these things to you. But the Pharisee says, we see, we see. And Jesus said, because you say you see, your sin remains. It's about seeing what he did. Great is the mystery of your godliness. Great, great is the mystery of your godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated in the spirit by resurrection. He was seen in the world by the angels or by the messengers in the Greek. He was proclaimed on in the world. He was believed on. He was taken up into glory. What part do I have in that story? You believed. Great is the mystery of my godliness. God did the work and I simply believe. Awesome. Jesus said, did I, did I not say, if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God. You know, the Pharisees, the Pharisees were concerned with sin and trying to fix people, you know, sin. And Jesus said, well, just, Jesus said, just make the tree good and it'll bear good fruit. And they went, what? What? We can't make the tree good. We can't make people good. And Jesus said, I know. <laughs> So while you're busy trying to fix somebody and try to keep them from sinning, Jesus said, just make the tree good and it'll bear good fruit. He was coming to bring a new creation. Only he can make the tree good that it would bear good fruit. See, that's what he meant when he said, the Pharisees had a log in their eye and Jesus said, Take the log out of your eye and you'll be able to see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. You're so worried about this speck in your brother's eye, you don't see the log in your own eye. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Pharisees' lack of understanding that the only way to get a speck out of bro a brother's eye is to make the tree good. In other words, they were blinded to what God was about to do. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. A whole new thing was coming. Behold, consider not the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing, the Lord says, a new thing. Consider not the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. He is going to bring the whole race down into judgment on the tree and raise a new creation. Whosoever believes in him shall receive new life and be one who is living and joined to God himself. This is the glad news of the kingdom of God. You know, when I was a, when I was a child, I, I used to watch, as a child, I watched Peter Pan. We yearn, we yearn for this, this reality. Never, never land. Place where you never grow old. Where you never grow up. Peter Pan. Wizard of Oz. Somewhere over the rainbow where little birds fly. There's a place for me. And she went into a parallel reality through the tornado, through the wind. What is God saying? Parables. If we don't teach it, the rocks will cry out. If we don't speak it, the rocks will cry out. If we don't do it, the movies will say it. The parables, God is speaking. The matrix, another reality. Lord of the Rings. 
The, the ring of authority gets you to another realm. The Chronicles of Narnia, the wardrobe, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. C.S. Lewis saw this. J.R.R. Tolkien saw this and wrote about it. Another reality, a parallel reality. And you have the reality. We have the reality. I love that movie feel of um, It's a Wonderful Life. We watch it every Christmas as a family. Think of this, your life in the kingdom, manifesting God's goodness is like, it's a wonderful life when, what's it, yeah, George Bailey, when George Bailey was blessing his community, right? So George Bailey ends up, you know, not, not living or not existing because the angel said, okay, you don't exist anymore. Let's see what your town's going to look like now without you in it. And Potterville, Pottersville is a mess. That's like you. You're George Bailey. In the kingdom, changing the world around you, letting the life come out of you, let the love, the goodness, the light, the glory. This town would not be the same without you living through Christ in the kingdom now. The kindness you show people, the love you show people, the joy, the encouragement, the example, that's what God is doing through us. But it's key to realize you live in a different country now. Different citizenship. Different location. I've, tra I've been translated. And I go in and out this door and commune with my Lord and I come back to earth, so to speak, in this realm and talk to people and I go back and forth. That's what prayer is. That's prayer. But it's reality that is within us. C.S. Lewis said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. C.S. Lewis, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Jesus said, every person who asks receives, every person who seeks finds, and every person who knocks shall be opened to them. He has opened a door that no man can shut. He is the door. That door is within you. Just like the ruby red slippers. Ruby red like the blood. You could have always gone home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. You see what God is saying? Through his blood, you're home. 
even the children get it before us sometimes. The simplicity of Christ. Thank you, saints, for being here tonight. And I pray that everything that was said would be a blessing and that God would multiply what we share tonight. As Marshall comes up, we're going to just briefly take up the bread and the juice together and, and call it a night. And uh, just so thankful that we had this night. We're going to briefly do this. This is not going to take a long time, and, but I think it's awesome that it's been before your eyes the whole night. We did that on purpose because he said, do this in remembrance of me. So if you want to pour the, uh, the juice, the grape juice to the, in the cups, and we're going to take it in a few minutes all together. When Jesus took the bread and the, and the wine, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body, which is broken for the forgiveness of all sin. This is my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of all sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Under the law, we remembered sins, but under grace, we remember him. We remember that he's not counting our sins against us anymore in this new covenant. Because we have been spiritually circumcised and he left the power of sin in these bodies. But the real you is sinless. The seed of God abides within you and you cannot sin as a son of God. We'll talk about that later. It's awesome. It's awesome. New creation. Behold, all things have been, become new in Christ. You have a new heart. Yes, we still stumble with the flesh. The flesh wars against the spirit. Yes, we're learning how to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But the flesh is not who you are. You are in Christ. You're holy, blameless, without spot, without wrinkle. Because he made it so. He is the Lamb of God who sits upon the throne and his word is final. There is no higher word than his word. And his word to you is that you are as righteous as I am because I give you my righteousness as a gift. Behold, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Awesome. Awesome. Lord, we just pray that if there's anybody here tonight that is not sure that they are in Christ, so they're not sure they belong to you. Lord, I pray that they would take this opportunity in their heart and talk directly to you. I pray that they would say to you, Lord, that they simply believe. If you're here tonight and you're not sure if you're a believer or not, Tell him. 
that you want to be sure. Tell him in your own heart that you want to believe. And by an act of faith, take the bread and drink the juice and watch what he does. Watch what he does. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. And those who are believers, this is a celebration. It's a remembrance of him. Judgment passed us over because of Christ and we have passed over into the heavenly reality. We celebrate the true Passover. Thank you, Lord. Bless this, the bread. Bless the fruit of the vine as we share in the covenant meal together tonight, Lord. And I pray that every single person that called out to you from their heart tonight, that you will manifest yourself to them somehow in the next day, very quickly, I would ask you, Lord, to manifest yourself to them that they will know you have heard them. Thank you, Lord. Feel free to take the bread and, and the juice together and uh, remember him. Thanks.
Lord, thank you for tonight. I pray everybody has an awesome sleep tonight. May we know the height, the width, the breadth, the depth of the love of God and be filled with all your fullness. For you are able to do in us exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. Bless my brothers and my sisters. And may there be a light that goes forth from our lives that men will wonder, who are you? Amen. Amen.